Well, good morning, family. It's great to see all of you here this morning. Welcome. Welcome to Bethel Christian Fellowship. This is a house of prayer for all nations, and we are so grateful to have you here with us this morning. You are most welcome here in this house, whether it's your first time here or your thousandth time here. We are glad that you are here. It's been my privilege to serve here as the senior pastor for coming up on 22 years. And my family and I are profoundly grateful for the life that we have shared together with you. Back on the back table, we have a picture that we took. Uh, actually, Dave Larson took it on Christmas Sunday morning of our family. If any of you would like a picture of us, it's back on the back table. And please pick it up with our blessings to you in this new year. And we are delighted to, uh, to be together with you again this morning. It's so great to have the whole family together. Welcome Bethel, Minneapolis. Come on, let's give a shout for Bethel, Minneapolis. Yeah. All right. To our friends, the Bhutanese Christian Fellowship. Come on, let's give some thanks. All right. To our friends from the Oromo Christian Fellowship. Trinity Believers Assembly. Throughout. And the Haitian Christian Fellowship. Yeah. We are a family not only of individuals, a family of churches and uh, congregations and fellowships that God has brought together by His sovereign grace. Um, this past year was 2011, a year of return. And... Um, Part of this return that we were speaking of and have been talking about all year long and has been beautifully expressed throughout the year through various messages and testimonies, and particularly last week uh, for our, our, our New Year celebration service here, we just heard many, many stories of return. And it really is about not only, you know, we think of return as returning uh, from those things in captivity being brought back to us. But actually, more than just that, it is also God's return on His investment in us. That there is a return that He is bringing forth out from us. He has invested in our life individually and our life together. And He is really all about finding His return on His investment in us. And we know that His return, ultimately, His inheritance is the nation's. And so this past year has really been about reclaiming that inheritance that he has given to us. Um, Last year I had a very distinct sense that God had done something very, um, you know, I'm I'm an intuitive person, um, so I can speak to you in fluid intuitive and uh, try to help you uh, understand, but but I had this very clear sense last year that we, we stepped over some kind of invisible but very real line from, from our calling um, to Radiate Life and Joy as a house of prayer for all nations, from that simply being an aspirational vision, something that we were reaching towards, and really had become an incarnational reality, something that we are. And so we're not living only towards something now, we're living out from somewhere. We're living out of this new reality 
of being this house of prayer for all nations. And so there is a tremendous sense within my spirit this morning that, um, that, that we have, have a new chapter really has begun here in our life together at Bethel. And um, in the new, uh, hopefully you got a bulletin when you walked in, and you're going to see that um, there are threads of theme messages. This is my 22nd year of sharing theme messages, and these messages are threads which have been woven together through the years and create a prophetic tapestry depicting the journey of our spiritual life together here at Bethel Christian Fellowship. So you can read through these various, and and actually you can go online, and I think we have every year, starting back in 1991, all of the theme messages through the years are there. And so if you ever have interest and time, you can take and kind of follow that journey with us through the years. And inside, you'll note, and the staff has been working really hard on this, Liz particularly, also with uh, Jessica, our media intern, we have a whole new redesigned bulletin for you to enjoy, which really gets at, or we're trying to kind of focus in around this uh, calling that we have, and specifically our identity and destiny. We are a house that is a place of hospitality, a place to belong. We are a house of prayer, a place of spirituality, a place to believe, and a house of prayer for all nations, a missionality around us. This is a place to become with a destiny of radiating life and joy, irresistible life and infectious joy. And so our prayer is that no matter where and how we live our life out together, whether it's here on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening or a Sunday afternoon or depending on when the various fellowships meet or uh, in our uh, life groups, in Saturate, in Youth Radiate Ministry, in all of the different areas, yeah, um, in all of the different areas of ministry of our life together, we desire that this inheritance, this calling be expressed together through us everywhere that we are, whether it's in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. We embody this reality of calling as a house of prayer for all nations. Now, over the last several years, a particular prophetic scripture has been very important to our life together. It's from Haggai, and it's actually Haggai chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, but specifically over these last four or five years, we've been focused on these final verses, verses 6 to 9, and there we have received the prophetic instruction, which is as follows. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desired of all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Now, over the last several years, there's been two prophetic words that have kind of been overarching, hanging over our congregation that are directly connected to this prophetic instruction from Haggai. The first of those is shift. 
I will shake. The Lord says, in a little while, I will once more shake. I will shake all nations. And as we discovered and discerned together, we recognized that that shaking meant that He is going to dislodge and reposition our lives so that they get into alignment with His heart and purposes. There is a movement that has been happening in us, individually and corporately, so that we are greater in greater alignment to His heart and purposes. This process intensifies and accelerates as He draws nearer. So if you've been experiencing shift and shaking in your life, which I know our family has over the last years, and particularly even in the last months, we've experienced a lot of that. Don't be surprised. Don't be alarmed. Don't be dismayed. It doesn't mean that God is mad at you. It is not a sign. When He begins to shift things in our lives, it is not a sign of His displeasure. It is a sign of His pleasure in us because He loves us too much to leave us the way we are, and He desires to shift us and move us so that We are aligned with His heart and can receive the fullness of what He wants to bring. Get it? Get it? Okay. It takes a while for it to travel the 18 inches from our head to our heart, though. And that's a lifelong process of walking with the Lord and recognizing that He is always in the process of moving us, moving even foundation stones. Sometimes He moves even deep foundation stones in our lives in order to bring us more fully in alignment with Him. And the closer He draws to us, when we're praying, you know, we love to pray for revival because we think of all the stuff out there, but we have to recognize when we're praying for revival, we are asking God to mess with our lives. We're giving Him permission to move some things. And it can get mighty uncomfortable. All right, shift. The other word that he has given to us is the word expect. And this has been particularly in the last couple of years where he has said, I will come. I will fill. I will grant shalom. This is his promise to us. I will. And so I was so appreciate this morning, Hannah, um, sharing. And by the way, I don't know, did you even say, this is Hannah Clark, she's our youth pastor's wife. I don't know if you even said that. Did you say that? Yeah, all right. All we have to do is mention the Clarks and we hear what? Yeah, all right, yeah. (laughs) But Hannah mentioned about lifting our expectations up higher. Thank you. That's what God wants us to do. He wants to lift our expectation, get our eyes up higher, recognizing and knowing that He will come and fill and will grant shalom. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's very counterintuitive. To be sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. But that is His promise to us. That we can expect by faith. Faith is grabbing hold of that expectation of the promise that He will do what He has said that He will do. And so we press into our future by faith, anticipating that God, in fact, will fulfill His promises and purposes for our lives and asking Him to reveal His heart to us. And that's where this next word that we've been hearing as well, which is connected with expect, is to ask. We need to ask. 
In fact, we have a box here that we keep out most of the time, which says, Ask on it. And in this box, we have, people have put in names of people, things that they are asking for, things that they are desiring, loved ones that they'd like to see saved, things that they would like to see, you know, that God has, has put in their heart to ask Him for. And you can put things and, and ask Him. Because Jeremiah says, this is what the Lord says, and this was part of our key scripture from last year. The Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord, ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. In order to see and know and receive, we must ask. It tells us in the scriptures, in the New Testament, it says you do not have because you do not ask. I'll never forget when the Lord gave me one of those two-by-fours across, and he said, you know, you don't have some things because you're not asking, and it's not asking to grab hold of. This isn't sort of a, a, a grab kind of thing and God the vending machine, but no, as we get in touch with his heart and his desires, as his word begins to work and we're saturated in him, our desires begin to become His desires and the things that we ask for were in agreement with what He has already promised and said would be and He does that for us. He begins to show us. He begins to open. He begins to reveal so that we can see and receive and step by faith and expectation into what He has for us. So last year was a year of return, and the year before that was a year of restoration, and, and those really together form kind of a, a, a pattern together. In, in the Hebrew, it's the shub, it's the, the reclaiming of what God, what I've already shared earlier, the reclaiming, which, which enables us in 2012, and I had the hardest time figuring out how I was going to this year. I, I always have a hard time sort of veiling the, you know, unveiling of the, of the Word for the year. And it's particularly difficult this year because as soon as I begin to preach it, you're going to get it. And so I think we might as well just take it right now and say this is 2012, a year to... Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Well. Ah. All right. Well, I want you to know that I didn't even think of that. That was the banner hanging team last night. That was Phil Watson, I'm quite sure, that came up with that great idea. All right. That's good. So. Turn, if you would, if you've got your Bible, turn to the book of Joel. The book of Joel, towards the end of the Old Testament, it's in the, uh, the last prophetic books, the book of Joel, because this is where we're going to receive our instruction this morning, a prophetic illustration of what this year to come is all about. The book of Joel is interesting. It's, um, it's not dated. We don't have a lot of background on Joel. Um, we know that his name is means the Lord is God. 
Joel, the Lord is God. And, um, but we don't really know exactly. I mean, different people put him at different times within the historical tradition of the uh, people of Israel. We do know that he spoke a word from the Lord during a time of great distress um, and difficulty that was happening for the people of Israel. And he had a word from the Lord for them. And I want us to just kind of walk through, we're going to just walk through a couple of passages here um, very briefly, and I encourage you, and as part of Saturate, after the wisdom books, we're going to be coming up to the prophetic books. And so I want to in, uh, invite you, along with the rest of us who are part of the leadership of Saturate, to kind of re-saturate, to, to join us as we saturate in the Word in these coming months, because these um, wisdom books and the prophetic books have incredible richness to be mined uh, by the people of God. By us. All right. So the prophetic illustration from the book of Joel begins. Well, the, the beginning part is that there is an army that has come against them. And the specific army that they're facing is a very natural army. It's an army of locusts that have come and have destroyed the crops. There's, there's nothing in the land. They're in a time, again, of tremendous distress. And how are we to respond to the distress? When we look at distress in our lives and we look at distress in the lives of our nation and the nations of the world, always, the invitation is always to come back, the beginning place that God always brings us back to, we never graduate from this place, is to repent. And Joel specifically says, put on sackcloth, O priest, and mourn, wail, you who minister before the altar, come, spend the night in sackcloth, you who minister before my God, for the grain offerings and drink offerings are withheld from the house of your God. Declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. We were just talking about this as a a staff um, on on Thursday as we were doing planning for this upcoming year. And we are going to be inviting the congregation into a season of fasting for Lent this year. Because I believe that the Lord is continuing to call us as a people to a place of deep submission to Him. And that happens in repentance. When we come to Him and we turn, and we turn our face away in order to turn our face towards Him. We turn our face away from these other things in order to turn our face to Him. So Joel says, here's the first instruction that he gives to us. The first part of this prophetic illustration of what God is doing is, I desire for you to repent. Secondly, I desire for you to return. This is always a part of repentance. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart. Here is last year's call. This is part of that invitation in the year of return. Repent and return to me with all of your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. Why? For He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, and He relents from sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Return to me. This is always the heart of God. And I want to speak to you this morning, and we heard this morning in our baptismal testimonies of men and women who returned to the Lord who came back to Him. Some had never known Him. Some had been far away from Him, but returned to Him. And I encourage you this morning, wherever you are at, if there is a certain um, 
dullness, deadness in your spirit today, if you realize that you have been far from Him, the invitation of the Lord this morning is very clear. He is calling out your name and He says, Return. He loves you. Return to Him. He is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Return to Him today. When we've repented and returned, we can know that we have the, have the promise of His restoration. For the Lord will be jealous for His land and take pity on His people. Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the autumn rains and righteousness. He sends, you, he sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. When we repent and return to Him, there is the promise, again, as I shared earlier, He won't leave us the way we are. He begins to restore us. He begins to transform us by His goodness and grace. And that's what He has been doing in many of your individual lives. We heard testimony upon testimony. Last Sunday morning was incredible here and in Minneapolis, listening to the testimonies of all the things that God has been doing among His people to restore That's His promise. And two years ago was that year of restoration. This last year, the year of return. And then, then, as the restoration has happened, then there is a release that takes place. And afterward, I will pour out My Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. We know that scripture because we've heard it and we're going to hear it again in a moment because it comes up in Acts. But I want you to understand the context out of the book of Joel because there's something that's happening that's leading up to that release. And it begins with repentance and it continues with return which results in restoration. And the consequence of that restoration is that there is a release that begins to take place. And I want you to notice that Joel is very clear about who that release is upon. That release is upon your sons, your daughters, your old men, your young men, men, women, servants, all people are, are eligible to receive this release of God's Spirit in their lives. All God's people. That means you. (laughs) He's not looking at your education. He's not looking at your economic status. He's not looking at your ethnic background. He's not looking at your gender. He's not looking at your age and saying, oh boy, I don't know if I can... No! He is ready to pour out His Spirit upon all who ask. That's His heart. That's His desire. That's His plan. That's His purpose. In the book of Acts, we now see 
what Joel was speaking about begin to be revealed. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. You know these scriptures. Acts chapter 2. Sorry, Acts chapter 2. Here is where that prophetic flow from repent to return to restore to release is actually now revealed. In the book of Acts, we have the revelation of the things that Joel was speaking towards come forth in the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then there's this conversation that goes on. It spills out into the streets. It began in the prayer room and ended up out in the streets. And they're out there and they're declaring the wonders of God in all of these languages. And people are like, I don't know about these folks, but I think they've been drinking a little bit too much. And Peter says, wait a minute. No, it's it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. These men are not drunk as you suppose. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says... I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Here is the impartation of that which has been awaited. And so the church is birthed. And 2,000 years later, here we are. We are a living expression of the ongoing unfolding of this prophetic revelation that began in Joel, was released and revealed and imparted in the book of Acts. And here we are, 2,000 years later, still and And I don't know, people always say, I want to go back. I'd love to go back to the early church. We don't have to go back to the early church. We are the church who stands in the fullness of what God spoke 2,000 years ago. And His river keeps flowing and gets deeper and wider. And this generation is the most exciting generation to live in that we could possibly be in. I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. I want to go deeper. I want to go farther. Don't you? And I know that that's what the prayers of the apostles were for us. That was prayer of Jesus for us. That we would fulfill what was fulfilled. First fruits here on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts is still unfolding today. And we, as a congregation here, and the church throughout the world is a living example and God is continuing to build His church. Aren't you glad that He's building His church? Jesus, You're doing a really good job building Your church. Thank You that we get to be a part of it. But I want you to notice something here. Because it is directly connected to our theme for this year. And I'm going to need... Sam and, and, and Sarah Howard 
what am I talking about? Andrew and Sarah Howard. Sam and Sarah Snyder are here. Andrew and Sarah Howard, come on up. And Amy, you want to come on up here too? Amy and Phil, that'd be great. And uh, Julie, you want to come on up? And uh, Dave and Greta, you want to come on up? That'd be good. All right, because uh, here's our artists. And uh, Sanquist, you can move this uh, easel out here so people will be able to see it. Dave, you want to come up here? Go ahead. Yeah. As well. All right. There we go. Yeah. Stand by your work there. All right. Cool. Um, now that you all have got focused elsewhere for a moment, let me bring you back for just a moment. Let's. Listen into this scripture again. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. And this is what I want us to, to capture this morning. The church of Jesus Christ is a supernatural church. The church of Jesus Christ is the most powerful creative force in the world. The people of God are the ones who have been given the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God who was present at creation. The Spirit of God who was present when the Word was spoken and all things were formed and created. The Spirit of God present with Christ as He went through His sacrifice and made atonement and and, and and salvation and the road of salvation for us. The Spirit of God present with the Father, with the Son, poured out on the day of Pentecost, continued to pour out. When the Spirit of God is at work in a people, transformation happens, not only in their lives, but in the world around them. I've said this countless times, but we are not called to be thermometers, but thermostats. We do not simply reflect the atmosphere around us. We change it. We are called to change the atmosphere around us. We are called to be men and women of great wisdom and discernment and understanding. And this year the Lord put in my spirit, and I'm going to talk more after I unveil this. This won't be quite the end. We're almost there, but... But I need to reveal this first, what, what God has spoken to us for this year, so that I, that I can speak into that for just a moment more. The Lord spoke this into my heart many, many months ago. And, you know, sometimes God gives me, I think I've got like the next two beyond this already that the Lord has revealed to me. But, and, um, yeah, I just have this, I don't know, I don't know exactly where the emotion's coming from. Just, just a deep sense of gratitude when I think about what the Lord has done. 
And when I think about what he's doing and what he's going to do. So here's what I want to say. Here's what I believe the Lord has spoken. And here's what he has said for Bethel Christian Fellowship in 2012. That this year, building on the restoration and the return, that this people is a year to dream. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amy Watson with this banner over here. Julie Thompson with the second half over here. Sarah Howard, a beautiful picture for Bethel, Minneapolis. Greta Sandquist, the beautiful bulletin card. There's a lot of prophetic significance in a lot of what they've done, and you're going to want to talk to them and ask them to get some of the pieces of that and and um, Amy has a friend from Singapore who helped her significantly with this. And is she here? Stand up. Thank you. From all the way from Singapore, helping out here. All right. And can we say thank you to all of these, our artists who put together this beautiful work. So let me close things out and then we'll send you out in worship. 2012 is a year to dream and our poetic illustration of this, kind of the foundational scripture for this year is Psalm 126 and it's typed part of it in the top of your bulletin, but listen to this. When the Lord brought the captives back, brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who did what? We were like men who what? Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. Here's what I believe the Lord has put into my heart. When we experience restoration, when we return to Him, when He begins to reveal the fullness of His purposes in us, we begin to dream. When we are in captivity, when we are under the oppression of the enemy, either internally or externally, it is so hard for us to dream. But I believe the Lord is breaking out. I believe He's breaking through. There are glass ceilings in our minds and hearts that He is going to break through and He is going to release us into a place of dreaming. God-sized dreams. I don't know about you, but I'm not content to simply do what I've always done before. I want to dream new things. So I'm so grateful for these young people here. I want them, young men and women, you know this. I've already shared my heart with you on this. I want you to go further than I've ever gone. I want my kids to go further. I want the generations. I want the nations. I want people to go farther than I've gone to dream even bigger dreams than I've dreamed. Hallelujah.
He is faithful. 2 Kings 19, 29-31. We're almost there. The Lord spoke this into my heart. Towards the beginning of this last year. I was back with Radiate. Yeah. <laughs> we had a night. We had a, we had a Holy Spirit breakout night. And only Pastor Ben and I were left in the back. He was in the glory of the Lord, and I was just there praying. And the Lord spoke these words to me. He brought me to 2 Kings 19, and he said, This will be a sign for you, O Hezekiah. This year you will eat what grows by itself. The second year what springs from that. The first year is that of restoration. The second year is of that of return. But in the third year, sow and reap. Plant vineyards, eat their fruit. Once more, a remnant from the house of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of the Mount of Zion, a band of survivors. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Here is the word of the Lord. This is the third year. There has been a year of restoration and a year of return. Now it's time to dream. The zeal of the Lord. He spoke this prophetic word into my spirit that night, and it has not left me. It is the word of the Lord over this house. Now the zeal of the Lord is here. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish. He will not be denied. He will not be denied. So here is my invitation to you. What is God's dream in you? What is God's dream in you? Why has He put you here on this planet? He has put you here for purpose. He has put you here for destiny. What is that dream that God has put in you? What needs to shift in you for that dream to be fulfilled? What are some things that need to get out of the way? What are some blockages that need to be broken? What are some stumbling blocks that need to be removed? Where does shift need to happen in you for that dream to be fulfilled? In what ways is God enlarging your vision to embrace His dream for you? Where do you need to break glass? Where do you need to break glass? Do you know what I mean by that? I, I heard this term many years ago. I was reading in a book, uh, an industrial psychologist. He said, everyone in, of us has like a, a glass ceiling in our mind and it will only allow our thoughts to go so far and then we bump up against that and we stop. But he says, if we will allow, if we come, you know, that there is a, a way in which we can break through that glass and move into something larger. Where is God wanting to enlarge your vision to embrace his dream for you? What false dreams need to be surrendered for his dream to be fulfilled? I'm never going to be in the Olympics. I'm not going to play for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Though maybe I could help them sometimes. But it's not going to happen. Sometimes there are dreams that are simply illusions. There are false dreams that we have. God wants us to release false dreams in order that we can we can embrace His true dreams. Are you willing to raise your expectations? Are you willing to ask? Are you willing to dream again? Are you willing to dream again? Yesterday in Leader's Prayer, and this is truly the end. And Sarah, you're ready to come on up? All right. I received a word from the Lord as clearly as I know how to hear from God. And it was the next word along with after shift and expect. I heard the next word 
over the house. And the word of the Lord over the house is yes. The word over BCF right now is yes. As it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, As surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in Him it has always been what? Yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the Amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. So here's what I want you to hear this morning as we begin to dream in 2012. I believe that the word of the Lord over that prophetic word for us is yes. I'm going to say yes to my dreams in you. I don't have time to preach the whole message on this. I understand that sometimes all we see is a no. But I want you to keep looking for the yes behind the no because I believe there's a yes behind that no. Something even bigger and better than what you expected. God's word is yes in this year to dream. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout. Yes. Hallelujah. Just open your hands, if you would. Jesus, all this is about you. About dreaming your dreams. God-sized dreams for a world in desperate need. Would you raise up dreams today, this year, in the lives of your people? Dreams that will please you and honor you. Lord, that you would impart all that will be needed to fulfill those dreams. You said you would give visions and dreams upon men and women, young and old. So I'm trusting you to attend to your word and release dreams now in Jesus' name. Release them in the name of the Lord. And now may you be filled with the immeasurable love of God the Father. The irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ, His Son. The inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours as you go from this house to yours. Sent to make disciples of all nations. Go with the banner of His favor and goodness, His yes over your life. Until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I bless you, people of God. I bless you. I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all God's people said, all God's people said, all God's people said, hallelujah. You are dismissed. You can stay and worship if you want. Pick up your kids.